big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big one welcome to you. My name's Marion Rose and today I'm here without Lael because I'm here talking to someone else instead and I don't even know how to say that. It's just coming out in such a funny way. <laughs> instead I have another dear friend and dear colleague and aware parenting instructor Joss Golden. Welcome Joss. <laughs> Thanks so much Marion. It's so lovely to be here and I love our little attachment play laughter release going on at the beginning of the show. Yes, we have been doing quite a lot of that because this is new and I want to say it's really normal and natural when we do new things to feel a little bit nervous and to want to laugh a little bit and I just didn't quite know what to say because I'm so used to saying the same thing at the beginning of every podcast. So today, Joss and I, we're going to talk, aren't we, about aware parenting and natural learning together and as a preface, Natural learning is a particular way of going about the whole learning journey with our children. And we would love to say that aware parenting really supports any kind of uh, route that you go. So you might go the traditional schooling route. You might go more of an alternative schooling route like Lael's Amazing School Woodline. Or you might go homeschooling. And then within the homeschooling, there's a whole lot of different philosophies and different ways of going about it. And natural learning is one of them. So there's so much choice. And of course, in terms of aware parenting, you can choose whatever you want. And aware parenting, we can practice aware parenting with any of these. So we're really wanting to offer this podcast episode today to see if this resonates with you. We're going to share about natural learning and aware parenting and why we have really enjoyed practicing them both for nearly 20 years each and just why we think they fit really well together and our experiences. Just so you can see, does this resonate with me? Is this something that I'd like to explore more and, and to just tell you more about it? Yes, that's very exciting. <laughs> exciting. Yay. So we thought we might even just start off with like, you may have not heard the term natural learning before. So you might be wondering, what on earth is natural learning? <laughs> so natural learning is really a way of deeply trusting children. So just like in all the other facets of aware parenting, it's about deep trust in, in a child's innate knowing so that they know how to heal they know how to sleep they know how to learn they know their own individuation process and often because of the culture we live in which I call the disconnected domination culture we have we, we grow up and we actually lose connection with these innate capacities and so often our own parenting journey becomes about re well freeing ourselves gradually from the conditioning and actually learning to trust ourselves again so that we can also trust our children so natural learning is really about deeply trusting that children know how to learn they know what to learn and that actually that we can support them in quite a different way to the traditional schooling environment to support them in really flourishing in their learning and, and stay deeply in love with the learning process yes yeah, so natural learning is such a beautiful way to, it's such a ex beautiful extension of what we are doing in aware parenting anyway in that respect. And it really is deeply trusting that, yeah, our children know how to learn. They're born knowing how to learn and that 
they all come to things in their own unique individual way in their own unique timing exploring their own unique passions and interests and using their own unique learning styles and and different forms of intelligence and motivation and interest and so it's really very much about facilitating their learning at home and providing them with an environment that allows them to deeply connect with their own innate knowing about what to learn, how to learn, and what that what they love. I love how you really emphasize that, Joss, because it is so much about that, isn't it? Really to support each child with their with their unique journey and and that every child's journey is so different in terms of the ages they they actually really want to learn to read or you know what they're passionate about. And natural learning, that's what I found, one of the amazing things about it, there was that really that capacity to really follow each of my children's completely different (laughs) journeys around learning. And, you know, even just with two children, seeing, for example, how differently uh, my daughter loves always did like workbooks and structured learning and writing and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And my son, hating that kind of stuff it was really not a fit for him at all so that's the beauty in this way of being with our children's learning journey that we can actually really listen to them and offer them a unique a unique journey that really is a fit for them rather than trying to standardize and give every child the same experience which often you know can leave certain children out the children who perhaps particularly the children who don't fit into that more you know, the school type setting where it's sitting down and often is a lot of writing and thinking in particular ways. And so many children really, that is not a natural fit for them in terms of the gifts and the, and the aptitudes that they have and, the, and probably the callings that they have in terms of what they're here to, to do to give to the world. Yeah, yeah. And it's also really about seeing the value in all different types of learning, because in the school, because of the way schools are structured with 30 children in a classroom, there really are only a few ways that knowledge and learning can be demonstrated and shared with children. Whereas when you're learning at home, learning looks very different, and particularly when you're following this natural learning approach. And so, yes, it's it's trusting that process and allowing our children to explore whatever is of interest to them and to see that learning process in a much more organic way rather than this sort of linear, you must learn this and then you learn that and then you learn that. With natural learning, it's it's much less smooth in a way because it, it follows lots of different directions depending on what our children are called to in that moment. And it might look very different. So our children in school would be learning by sitting down at a desk and having a teacher talk to them, whereas our children at home might be learning in lots of different ways through conversation, through watching YouTube videos, through uh, listening to things, through hanging out with their friends, through being outside in the garden, you know, all these different things that they're doing. And it all has equal value to us as natural learners. We don't see one type of learning as being superior in any way to other types of learning. It's just part of the process that allows them to go through and explore the things that they love and the things that they're interested in with us guiding them and facilitating that process, but very much allowing them to be the ones who are determining how they learn and what they learn. And it's easy for us at the end of the process, isn't it, Marion, to look back and to think, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. Of course, it's amazing. It's worked so well and it has worked so well. And there were many times along the process, along the journey where I I lost that trust momentarily. And those were the hardest times for me in my homeschooling journey. But 
time and time again, I have seen hundreds and thousands of examples of my children exploring what they love, learning what they love, diving so deep into things that they love and having nothing to do with subjects and things that aren't of interest to them. But as a result of that, they've got this really deep trust that they know how to learn. They know where to go to look for things that support their learning style best. And they don't feel, sometimes they talk about being, having learned very differently to the children who go to school, but they don't feel like they're behind, even though there's things that school kids have learned that they haven't, because they know that anytime something comes up in life that they want to learn or that they need to learn, they know exactly how to do that. So yes, it's just been an amazing process to witness. It has. And I love what you say about us being at this point of the journey that your son's 18. Is he still 18? He is, isn't he? Yeah, about to be 19. About yeah. to be 19. And uh, my daughter's 20. And when you were talking about the valuing all the different forms of learning equally, I know for me, that was one of the biggest, biggest processes of deconditioning myself, that piece in particular. And I think there's often a journey, isn't there? I mean, the initial part of deconditioning often is oh what children can actually learn without going to school I mean there's often that isn't there so many hundreds and hundreds of steps of releasing that conditioning around what is and what what is required in the learning process and and I know for me that when I really got and actually it wasn't that long ago it was probably only maybe six years ago or something that I really really got oh my gosh all forms of learning are equally valuable. And I really didn't have any kind of secret. Yes, I'm saying all forms of learning are equally valuable, but actually I, I, I value the written word, reading and, and writing the most. And I'll, I'll pretend that I think the other ones, I'll pretend that I think a conversation is equally valuable, but I don't really believe it. To yeah. actually really get to that point it took me so many years. And yeah. often I talking about the disconnected domination culture I think it's really seeing how much school is kind of the the epitome often of the the conditioning of a culture you know the idea is very much in this culture is that that reading and writing is a superior form of learning and and that the spoken word for example or learning through actually doing something and or you know being with someone as they do it and they talk about what they're doing and how they do it is often really undervalued and it's really shown up isn't it in terms of how different jobs careers are you know how much money people get for them I mean so much of the 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 higher paid jobs are often so much you know more cerebral and actually the practical things you know the things that we actually really need like the all the farmers are often so little valued and and I think again if you look at most original indigenous cultures if you think about it until the printing press came around and you know until probably a bit before that but but all learning happened through the spoken word traditions were passed down through storytelling and through through very detailed stories and and that was how learning happened and and I just love that process of have had getting gradually free from those forms of conditioning to actually say uh, you know if my you know my son's gaming I really and that's one of the trickiest ones isn't it the judgment in our culture if he's gaming I've seen how much he's learned through gaming and everyone now might listening might go no <laughs> you know what you learn about numbers and millions and billions and quadrillions and he still says to me often now things like well, do you know how much x y and z number is and I go no no a good you know google a google plex or something I don't even know and I still don't know what it is but you know just learning happens all the time through every interaction and 
oh, that's one thing I've things I've loved the most, not only in terms of seeing that from my son and daughter, but actually for myself to value everything that I'm doing equally. Mm. Yeah, I think it's really helpful so often with aware parenting to bring in the the our perspective element. And if we imagine this, we have on the one hand this understanding that in the culture that in order to learn you have to go to school that's what children have to do and that's where learning happens and so we're yeah starting to to take that apart and to explore that some more and to see see that that's not the case but also to imagine our own perspective now as adults to think you know what would be the most helpful thing for you to explore and to learn what you're most passionate about right now as an adult? And would that be sitting in a classroom, having somebody instruct you and tell you how to do it and for you to have to write essays about it and to answer questions and to be tested and to have an exam and to be graded and all that kind of thing? Or would it actually involve lots of different things? And again, we're, we're talking about different learning styles, different personalities, different forms of intelligence. And so, yeah, I, I love reading books books I love writing notes I love writing notes typing it out on my computer and printing it out and highlighting it and that's my thing that's how I love to learn and explore things there are also other things that I love to do when I'm learning too and I've learned so much through watching YouTube videos through playing on my computer at the moment I'm learning lots about website design and putting courses online and I've learned all that just by having a bit of a play checking in with somebody who knows what they're doing who can give me guidance from time to time but I didn't want to go to night school and sit down and learn how to do website design that was never gonna fit for me at all and so it's applying that same flexibility about what we expect of our children and all the different ways that they might learn and all the different environments that might support their learning better possibly than just sitting in a classroom where you're being taught and told instructed from a teacher in the front of the class and I think it's it's really empowering for us as parents as well to know that there is nothing that we cannot do to support our children's learning at home. We don't have to have a teaching degree. We don't, you know, in fact, probably not having it might be helpful because we would then be less less limited in our in our thought about what learning looked like. And so, yeah, as parents, I don't think we I think we're inclined to underestimate our power in terms of our connection with our children and, and how much they need us in their life in terms of our ability to support our children to heal from stress and trauma and play and through listening to feelings and our capacity to provide an environment where our children will learn whatever they need to learn, whatever they want to learn at home without having anything to do with formal schooling or structured formal learning. I loved hearing your joy just just now as well when you were talking about learning about all your course things and and really this deep valuing of learning and deep valuing of home life and actually family life and again I think that's the bigger picture of this is really about supporting the power of families and and really trusting certainly as you're saying what I love thinking about too is you know all the things we've already observed our children if your child is maybe three or five or six or whatever and you and you're think about school or that school already at all the things they've already learned they've learned how to talk and walk and all the kinds of things that they've already learned I mean there's a humongous amount of learning happening in those early years and the learning of the next type of things they need to learn is the same process I mean it's just different it's different content but it's the same process they have exactly as much inherent capacity to to learn what they really want to learn just as they have that same dedication don't they you see a child that's that's learning to walk and that that I'm just going to keep going and I get oh no, I'm falling over and I'm just going to keep going and I really want to do so 
that that remember when I really realized for my daughter when she's a toddler that yearning for competence like she really wanted to be able to do things and be competent at them and what I find with natural learning is it really supports that to continue and rather than it be more like a it becomes instead of becoming a uh, from an external perspective am I going to be marked is this what the teacher wants am, am I going to get 10 out of 10 in a test it's much more about I want to be competent at this I want to keep learning it until I can make the website or do the podcast or you know whatever it is for a child you know until I can play this chord on the on the piano or until I can do this particular knot that I'm reading about in a book or whatever it is is that it helps children stay connected to that innate joy of learning and that innate desire for competence to be able to do stuff that they're actually really interested in and like us if they have no interest in something like if if someone's to say to us right now I'm trying to think of something I have no interest in or something like really a really hard maths physics thing that was required in order a maths thing to and I just be like I don't don't want to do it I've had it really hard (laughs) I have no interest some things are really hard to learn but I'm willing like the websites and the podcasts and the courses I'm just willing to keep going and keep learning because I really want to be able to do that thing because I want to to share the courses who create the things in the world it's really supporting our children with that process what are they interested in and supporting them to just keep learning and learning and learning until they've learned enough that they want to learn yeah and I see a real difference as well I love that Marion that I see such a strong difference between my children and how they view learning and myself and how I view learning and because they are not they have not been burdened by this aspect of schooling which is where you are tested where you are measured where you are graded where you are where your value is somehow compared to others all the time that creates a lot of stress for the majority of people I mean unless you are naturally very talented at whatever it is that you're studying most people find it quite stressful to have an exam in it and to be graded and so I can see in myself now even when I'm learning things even after doing this for 19 years and Uh, and really loving this philosophy, I can still see in myself the tendency to judge and for that sort of frustration and fear about whether I will be good enough, whether I'm learning this properly, whether I'll be able to demonstrate competence to somebody else, really getting in the way of the joy of learning, whereas my children don't have that. They, They have a go and sometimes they can do some things and sometimes they can't do things, but they don't have that same sense of fear about trying things or fear about making mistakes that I've had and you know that is because they've been allowed to explore things without this pressure to somehow demonstrate competence to somebody else it's just been about their own experience and seeing for themselves that they're making progress against how they have previously been able to do something and so you know my daughter the other night decided that she wanted to learn to play the guitar and she's never had a guitar lesson. She's never done anything like that. She just picked up the guitar. It was 11 o'clock at night, apparently. I was asleep, but she picked up the guitar at 11 o'clock at night. And within 24 hours, she learned, she taught herself how to play about seven or eight songs. And she just loved it. And she she was just, and so for me, I would pick up a guitar and I'd be like, okay, I need to find a teacher because I couldn't possibly learn this myself. So I need to have somebody to teach me. And then I would be like, oh, I'm a bit crap compared to other people. Does that matter? And she's just free of all that stuff. And I find that so powerful and liberating for them. 
So wonderful, isn't it? I think of the example that I often give that where it really became clear to me in a slightly different way, but seeing the difference with my children and me is around the levels of frustration and which I would see as the still the unexpressed feelings from school that I experienced. And when they had that, do you know the little toy that you have that's got one to 15, the little squares oh, yeah, in yeah. the old school? Probably, I mean, you can, there's an online, there's, a, there's an app version. And I remember at a really young age, my kids both just, getting we had a couple of those and they play with that and play with that and they just literally keep on going until they worked it out and I think in my whole life I've probably done that once because I just get frustrated after a short while and I'm just not willing to keep going through and I think all my old well, the remaining school hurts around oh you know I can't do it and will I ever be able to do it and all that kind of stuff show up for me whereas I just see for them anytime they want to learn something they just they just don't have the they really don't have very many accumulated feelings at all around it. So they just, you know, they're free from that, that frustration. So they just keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going for however long it takes. And then it's done. And I, I watch them still and I, oh my gosh, how would, how would that be to just be like, have that, ah, that deep relaxation whilst mm. learning something really challenging and just being willing to keep, keep going. Yes, and I, I definitely see that in myself as well. And I think, you know, there's the, there are two aspects really that I want to say about that. And one is that, you know, learning, I've seen it, that learning happens best for our children when their their basic needs are met. And that means, you know, for usually that means like their needs for safety, their needs for connection, their needs for power and choice and autonomy and, and those sorts of things. And I can see when I reflect on my own learning journey through school, and I went to boarding school for 10 years from eight. So I had a very different educational upbringing to my own children, but I can see that the vast majority of my needs weren't met in that environment. And I see that the impact that then had on my capacity to learn. And the other thing is that stress and trauma and accumulated feelings get in the way of our children learning. And so it's not just that our children are relatively free of that. It's also that we're not putting them in an environment which is adding to the stress and the trauma. And, you know, Lisa, in her most recent book about healing your traumatized child, she talks really beautifully about this and explains how, you know, in a a typical day at school, for most children at school or at daycare, they are going to accumulate lots of pent up emotions from all the different frustrations and overstimulation and all the little mini trauma events that happen to them day in, day out at school. And so I really feel that 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 gets in the way of our children's capacity to learn often. And instead having them in an environment where they're at home, where we can listen to their feelings when feelings come up, where we can move in and support their healing with attachment play means that there is less of this accumulated feelings that's getting in the way of their learning. And, you know, we can see it now and we see it in our community as all these healed hurts from our school years getting in the way of us being who we want to be and showing up in the world the way we want to and, and and all the aspects of our life, actually, as well as our ongoing learning. And so it's really powerful to see the, the great benefit to our children of, of having that met as part of their learning experience to, to get that stress and trauma as much as we can healed so that they are free to learn. Yes, exactly. And of course, you know, going back to if, if your ch- children do go to school, of course, you can, as Lael talks about so beautifully with her children, you can support them to express their feelings at the end of the day. And I, I shared this in our podcast, Joss, that 
I know for me, I had so many school hurts. I still hadn't healed from. I'd done so much work on my, you know, in terms of my family. But often I think, because I think we don't often realize because again, it is still so much part of this, the, the cultural conditioning in school just happens. I think, and I think it's taken us, it's taken me a while to really understand how many hurts there were from school. And we talk, we have a aware parenting and natural learning community. And one of the modules recently has been healing from our own school hurts and school trauma. And, and through doing that, that's why I said we, I know we both came to like a next level of understanding of, oh my gosh, how much this really has impacted us. And yeah, so for me, I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to listen to my children feelings every day after school because I knew I just it would be too painful for me because I hadn't done enough of my, my own healing to see them going through that and and then listen to those feelings so you know that was one of one of the big pieces for me I just knew that wouldn't be possible yeah yes I, I relate to that completely yeah I it was such a powerful experience that a month in our community looking at school hurts it was really interesting that even after all this time of aware parenting and natural learning and even after all this time in my life of having therapy and doing listening partnerships and having counseling and all those different things I still realized what in impact the hurts that I received at school has had on my life and how few of them I'd healed up to this point and yeah what a big and challenging experience it was for me to go to school and so yes I, I really see the value for my children in, in growing up free of much of that and free from many of those experiences that happened around you know teachers being unkind or fellow children being unkind or being bored in a classroom day in day out or you know my case being stuck at school because it was a boarding school and never being able to get free of that and so yeah, I think it's it's really been a real huge eye-opener for me to see just how much that had impacted on myself and how much that impact was still with me even all these years later. It's such a huge thing, isn't it? It's just it's so huge. I, I, and I think as we continue, we're, we're talking next year about in the community really focusing a lot more on actually supporting people to heal from their own school hurts as we gain more and more awareness of you know the depth of them and and you know in each different area from teachers from actually just the the school environment itself and I'm thinking as a highly sensitive person the levels of overwhelm of this day in day out having the the bell the sudden bells and the or you know whatever it is nowadays what is it nowadays I think someone was telling me buzzers Wait, I don't know there's a siren thing there's a siren oh, was that you telling me that the siren school. yeah like and and the, just the noise of that many children all the time and it just it's a, a lot of stimulation and the lighting and the all of it I mean that in itself is is a lot for highly sensitive let alone all the all other stuff so I really see it's such an ongoing journey as you're saying after 19 years and for me after 20 years is I'm still really pulling back the layers of my own conditioning in relation to school and my own hurts to oh my gosh yes that's another thing that's another thing mm. it's really big and I think it's so much part of this bigger picture that I think it's really helpful to look at that you know we come by the time we're young adults we have been so conditioned we just kind of generally go along with things 
and it's the journey gradually isn't it particularly with aware parenting to to keep questioning stuff oh actually does this is this really resonating with me or actually could I actually just jettison that one over the side <laughs> mm. and I think there's something beautiful about the natural learning process as well that supports us in that and supports our children in that because you know at school there are lots of often kind of arbitrary weird rules that you have to comply with and 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 so being in that environment day in day out where you do have to do as you're told where you do have to go where you're told to go where you you are where your behavior is so controlled by that external authority it does impact you doesn't it and and our children being free of that and I like that you brought up about the the effect on your body as well because I think yeah, I've, what I've witnessed again and again with my children as well is is being free of of that rushing out of the door in the morning, being able to rest when they need to rest and to sleep when they need to sleep, being able to be outside in nature a lot of the time rather than sitting down indoors in a classroom, and just being you're being able to go to the toilet when they need to go to the toilet, being able to eat when they're hungry. It it really does support a much more relaxed nervous system for them so much less stress and a deeper connection and awareness and tuning into their bodies and what their bodies need and those sorts of things which is just I mean that that learning in itself in terms of your well-being as an adult is 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 huge it is isn't it so huge yeah listening to all those internal cues in relation to sleep and food and going to the toilet even those and like yeah what what kind of environment I just even remember like going to school in the rain particularly in England like going to school and getting wet and then I'm thinking I don't even remember but how many times that I was probably really uncomfortable and then carrying big heavy uh, bags of books and wearing really uncomfortable shoes and tight uniforms with like and I know nowadays often schools don't have that but just so much discomfort for the body and how much uh, I just totally obviously was completely dissociated a lot of the times I don't even remember that how can I not remember all of that discomfort that I know would have been there yeah and, and what else can we do but at those times to dissociate from the from the discomfort Oh, yes, so much. I remember in the UK walking down, we used to, our houses where we slept were about five minutes walk from the school where we had our lessons and our meals and so on. And I remember walking down to school at like seven o'clock in the morning for breakfast and my wet hair from the shower would freeze in winter. So I would get get to school and my hair would be like frozen solid. But yes, we're laughing, but it's a great release, isn't it? Because I remember that too, just being being just so uncomfortable. I kind of remember, but I don't remember feeling it, but I remember the, yeah, the the going to school in the really cold day, going to school in the snow. And of course, there'll be a lot of listeners here in Australia, maybe like going to school on really super hot days and sitting in really hot classrooms and you know, all of that kind of kind of stuff it's just yeah it's a lot for the body to mm-hmm. to be with isn't it as well as learning as well as being in friendship groups and in groups and out groups and I think for me a lot of the hurts came from all of that kind of stuff and I still see how much impact that has on me that I'm still those those school relationships still show up for me in in friendships and in interactions with with other people That's yeah powerful Yes, absolutely. Yes. Hmm. 
How? And it's probably a good time as well just to say again about how, you know, this is never this is not a criticism at all about or a judgment about people who who choose to go to school or who who for whatever reason have to tent send their kids to school. Obviously, having your children at home doesn't work for everybody. And there are some, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why it might not be a fit for your family. And so we really offer you compassion and and real no judgment at all about whatever decision you make that works for your family I think there are as many ways to support our children as there are families really in the world and there's certainly as many ways to homeschool as there are families who are homeschooling but yes I can I really I just really value this and it's just been a really powerful thing for me and for my children to to have had this this path to follow Yes. Yeah. We really want to include that in terms of, you know, I know for many families financially, it's it's almost impossible or in terms of culturally and, and in probably not those of you listening, but in, in many families, actually for children to actually be able to go to school is often that can be the safest place for them or it can be a place where they actually get a, get a meal or, you know, actually some, some connection, you know, in, in, families where there's a lot of hardship so we're absolutely not saying you should all do this it's more yeah. because this isn't talked about much we're really wanting to give this a space where where we're sharing these ideas just to see if any of this resonates with you or you would like to learn more or follow it up yeah and I'd also like to say and just acknowledge the fact that there are lots of amazing teachers in the world who are really doing their best day in day out in in often difficult circumstances to be able to support children as best they can and and I really do applaud people who who do that and I really see a lot of value in that as well yes and people are wanting to make changes within the system and so on yeah just and to really look at this as a bigger picture thing is I see as more of a systemic thing Mm -hmm. that's as so many things in our culture just not set up to the ways that actually most support humans to thrive in in all the ways you know just like family the family structures are not no longer set up we're designed to live in in extended families and small communities and we're you know all the ways that actually are much more helpful for all of us so we we really see this as more of a systemic thing rather than as an individual you know, you should do this, that and the other, mm. you know, how can each of us live in this culture in ways that actually support us in ways that are actually even possible for us at this point in our journey? Mm. Yes. Mm. Should we keep going, Joss? Or is this, I, yes. I, could, I could start another little bit more about the whole, I'd like to talk a little bit about the history of schooling, actually, since we're talking a bit more big picture. Yeah, and it's interesting you were talking about how we were evolved to live. And yeah, it's interesting when you look at people around the world who are living, uh, have been living in more ways that are deeply connected with their cultural roots and their cultural ways. And how increasingly when you look at the sort of globalization of this sort of industrial model of education, how that has taken people away from their cultures and, and often removing people from their from their tribal communities, from their language, from their culture and their heritage. And, and what a devastating impact that's had on so many people around the world. We, I don't know if you want to talk a bit about that beautiful film. Yeah. So yeah, for me, there were a couple of really pivotal moments where I really got at a deeper level, the bigger picture of all of this. And one of them was absolutely watching the Schooling the World movie. And I really recommend anyone who really wants to understand this on a kind of bigger picture conditioning place to to watch that and to really see the, yeah, how much has often got lost 
in in this journey to industrialization and away from more indigenous ways of, of learning and living in community and I remember watching that movie and just crying in so many places because they're really looking at where that is happening now so countries in the world where this process is happening where people have been living until really recent times in communities where knowledge was passed down from parent to child grandparent to child where there was this inherent sense of deep connectedness to actually these very harsh school environments often kind of boarding schools where children are punished for speaking their own indigenous language, where we see often the teenagers who are often, you know, thrust out into, to, led to believe that actually if they learn all of these, these skills that they would be able to get a job and actually often not that not happening. And just the, the really painful process of, of really losing our connection with our, our deep knowing and, I remember watching that and really getting, ah, oh, this is what happened to us somewhere while back, seeing actually happening in the present. Mm. So we'd like to see a bigger, you know, bigger picture. And that the kind of argument that for some places in the world that school's really necessary, that really, I always had that. It's like, you know, yes, in the West, homeschooling, I really support that. But, you know, in certain countries, no, I think, you know, school's really required. And I really love that that movie really questions that and looks through a different lens about what might be going on there Mm. yes and the parallel journey where you're taking these children away from their traditional ways of living to teach them things that to that sold to them that they're then going to get a job at the end of it and then at the end of it they often don't and at the same time you're really undervaluing all of the learning that was going on in that environment and there's a really poignant moment in that film where the older man says well I I don't know anything don't ask me I can't go and ask my grandchild they can read and write I know nothing (laughs) it's really yeah it's a bit of a devastating moment isn't it Yes. And to really think that that's where we all, you know, we would all come from actually being able to do really practical things. Actually, I think it's the awareness is coming back that we, that we really, most of us, if we, if the food supply was cut off or something, you know, how many of us would actually know how to forage around us or actually, you know, get our garden growing? You know, these are really necessary things, I think, especially in such a term of uncertainty to actually really come back to deeply valuing these things that the the DDC has come to to deeply devalue Mm, yes I mean the learning in the curriculum even though there are lots of places and lots of schools which are really trying to make it creative and to to be much more inclusive about what they put in that curriculum but essentially that is what is valued now for children is to learn what's in the curriculum but actually if we look at what we need as a society and what we need in order to be deeply connected to ourselves and to each other and to our planet most of that falls well outside of the curriculum so yeah yes I think I'd like to share as well the other pivotal moment I had which is when I read Peter Gray's work in relation to the history of schooling Mm. because again I just see like you know schools just it's always been there or you know it's been there a long time it's just how things are and to really see that it was part of the original, I believe it was in Prussia, which as I say, I really don't quite know where Prussia was, but the actual, there was a deliberate process there that was actually a lot about conditioning and it was about industrialization and it was about wanting people to be, to be used to the idea of, of going into a factory and starting at nine and finishing at five and doing what they were told to do. And when I really started to see, oh my gosh, this isn't just a, you know, a thing. School isn't just a thing. It has a particular history and it did have a particular purpose and that those roots still often are there, even though, as you say, so many schools doing amazing things to 
you know, to change it from the just, you know, sitting down at desks and reading and writing and learning about the, the old school things, but still it, it, you know, it has its roots in that. And I think that really still does affect so often the whole the whole kind of ethos of what happens in a school. Mm. Yes. Yeah, very much. You can see the part of it that was about preparing preparing the children to to be willing to go in and to be willing to be bored and to be willing to turn up in the same place yeah day in day out and and do a job that is doesn't necessarily call to your soul but to to just do that because that's what's expected of you yeah that that's a powerful awareness to to bring Yes, and they can be really painful things. I, I see for myself each of these steps, you know, sharing a few of them here. So if you're listening and you're kind of maybe even feeling shocked or maybe you've stopped listening by now or dissociated or whatever, <laughs> or angry or sad or whatever, I mean, to me it's like a, it's a big process, this deconditioning to see again and again, just as we do with aware parenting, so many of the things that we just think are the way things are to actually realise, oh, my gosh, it isn't, it's not how I thought it was at all. And mm. It's, I found it to be yeah, big and painful, liberating and exciting as well as, oh, my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I think you're so often part of the reason why I think this approach goes t- together so well with aware parenting is that in that aware parenting process, so often we are questioning these assumptions that, that have been part of our culture for so long and part of our families often for so long that, you know, children need to be punished and rewarded in order to get them to behave or, you know, children need to go to self-soothe and learn how to be independent and, and all of those things that we question in the aware parenting process. And so the more we start questioning those things and seeing that actually we want things to be different in our families, the easier it is to start applying that to our children's learning and their education as well. And it was interesting how, you know, back in the day when you had that beautiful parenting aware parenting yahoo group which was back in the day before facebook when we were when you were sharing with us and there was this group of us in there and with young children who were just learning this way and and so many of us went on to decide to homeschool our children and it just seemed to fit so well with aware parenting and you know maybe we can talk a bit more about that and why but yeah that was interesting <laughs> interesting that that questioning then applies to their learning too Yes, it's so funny because I was actually just thinking of that just as you started to say it, remembering that time and how often, and, and you may find that if you're listening, that if you have, especially I think that's why if you have some other folk and a, a bit of a sense of community aware parenting wise, that can also support that. Hey, you know, what would we like to do? And do we do we, do we want to send our children to school? And I remember there was a group of women uh, and dads, but initially it was more of a mother's group. Uh, they'd all been into more classical attachment parenting and then one or two of them got into aware parenting and they used to go up and um, you know go and facilitate groups and give talks about aware parenting and they all got into it and then they all decided that they wanted to do homeschooling Mm -hmm. and then and then they all they developed this amazing I keep telling the story I wonder how they're going now but they developed this thing where they all just basically kind of hung out together and started taking as the children got older started taking turns of you know each parent getting to have you know one or two days going to work or doing other things and really much more how I would see that we would have done things before you know these ways of parenting and schooling came into fruition and I think yeah that 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 beautiful kind of natural progression that often happens which I think is also why there there are quite a few where parenting 
instructors as well who who practice natural learning as well well quite a few of them were part of that original group as well yeah. yeah 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 that's something that we had too and I think you know it's helpful probably to be pretty frank about the fact that it is also really challenging sometimes yeah. to be doing things differently and yes. very you know often judged by your family or your partner or just the culture at large having to justify the choices that you make and, and to to do things differently often feels quite isolating and lonely and so yeah, we do need to have these connections with others. We do need to have, to feel like we're part of a community of people who are doing this. And our children, of course, need that. And they need that interaction with other children too. And there's always that question when you tell people that you're homeschooling was, well, what about socialization? <laughs> and, but it is important that our, you know, our children do get to hang out with other kids and get to connect with people of all kinds of different ages and to get to enjoy those connections. And we had a similar thing over the years where we We've had different groups depending on where I've lived, where we've shared the care of our children. We've had days off where your children go to other families and, and lots of big group events where yeah, everybody in the community takes responsibility for organizing different things. And that's that's been crucial, definitely. Mm, I so celebrate all the all the work and time and love that you put into creating, co-creating all of that, Joss. I, I always have loved hearing how how that was and how that evolved for you. Mm, so yummy mm, yes yeah, so I'd love to add that too yes yeah, so times where I was like oh no <laughs> and also no, no, not being in this position like you know how will it be for them and how will it all turn out and oh and feel overwhelmed and of course all of those who are part of it so but I think it is testament that we're both I don't see it as the end though I see that as part of the conditioning once they get to 18 mm. they either go to university or school but actually it's natural learning is a lifelong journey and a lifelong relationship with learning and being in relationship with our passions and our interests and our callings and I am grateful to say like at this point in time I'm so glad that I did this and I'm yeah really do see the difference it had on my children yeah, absolutely. And my son has recently gone to university and that's been a really big process for us because often that's things that people say when they're starting the homeschooling journey. Yeah, but will they be able to go to university? And that was a concern of mine as well. I went to university, my husband and I both did postgraduate studies too. So that was like a really strong value or at least to give them the opportunity to trust that if they wanted to, they would be able to. And so seeing my son now for the first time in his life, be at uni and studying in a structured and formal way has been a really reassuring process and also a really interesting one to observe. And I don't know whether he will do the whole course or, or not, and I will completely support him whatever he chooses to do. But just to know that that was an option for him and the route into university was really quite straightforward and very free of stress compared to his uh, contemporaries at university who all had to go through what in Australia is called ATAR, but, you know, the same sort of exams they have all over the world, which are, can be really stressful and, and pressured for people. And so I often offer that to people if they're stressed or worried about what it means for their children longer term to be educated at home. And I just want to remind everybody that, you know, whatever choice you make, your children have all kinds of options and opportunities. And so it doesn't rule out anything by keeping them home. Just, I really love the story of how that happened, you know, in terms of he, there hadn't been much structured learning at all, had there, because in WA there, there isn't that requirement from the 
Board of mm. Studies or whatever they call it there. Do you feel comfortable and would he be willing to, for you to share a bit about that that process? Because I find that to me again, that's just really almost like evidence for if if a young person really wants to do something that they that they will do what's required. Do you want to share? Mm. Sure. So in Western Australia, where I am, we have a homeschool moderator who visits us every year who and we have to indicate to that person, we have to show them that our children are making progress in terms of all of the key learning areas of the curriculum. But how we do it in our particular region with our particular moderators is quite relaxed and informal And they certainly value and understand homeschooling and they value and understand natural learning. And as a result of that, we haven't done much structured learning at all over the years. And a few years ago, my son did his first ever sort of structured learning program because at that stage he decided he wanted to go to TAFE, like technical college, or he thought he might. So he did some structured learning then, but he ended up not going to TAFE. He decided he didn't want to do that. So When it came time for him to choose university, he explored different pathways into uni. And one of the pathways was to sit this exam that I can't even remember what it's called. I'm sorry. It's a, I think it's called a, I don't, it's called a stat test. Can't remember what it stands for, but anyway. So in order to do that, that's for mature age students. And so he found out that if he wrote to the university and requested special permission, they would allow him to sit that test early. So he did that and he got that permission. And so he bought a course or we bought a course in how to how to study for the stat test, how to learn how to do that. And he did it. I'm going to say not like he wasn't fully committed to doing it. He didn't do it day in, day out by any means because that's not his style. But he did it a bit. He did it enough and he passed his stat test. And as a result, he was able to go to any of the universities in Western Australia except for one and at that time he decided that he did actually specifically want to go to that university that he didn't get a high enough score to get into so he then chose to do a university access course and all the universities now in the country pretty much offer this like a pathway in and it's called like uni ready or tertiary access program or something like that And so he did that instead. And he's now subsequently decided that actually something that he was studying as part of his uni ready course in business studies actually appealed to him more. He was originally going to do environmental science. And so just by doing that experience, he realized that actually it was much more suitable for his learning style and what he was interested in to be doing more of the sort of business studies type thing. So that's what he's going into. And it's been interesting for him because it's been stressful to learn how to to learn in this way. And he's had exams for the first time in his life and he's had like deadlines and assignments due. And initially he did find it really stressful to deal with that. And it was a really steep learning curve for him, but he's also really, uh, you know, he's now learned how, how to do it in a way that works for him and that he doesn't, probably doesn't want to study full-time particularly not you know as he's starting his course so now he's just doing part-time doing some units and also spending some time doing some other things that he's interested in doing and and getting a job to earn money and you know he's doing a he's got himself an internship in the place that he's interested in working in so you know it's it's been a big steep learning for 
him, but I didn't force him to do any of it. And I didn't sit down with him or, you know, he, he chose to do that. He chose to take that path and we have supported him in his learning at uni. And, you know, we've been able to have conversations when he's got an assignment due and he's like, I'm not really sure, you know, and, and we've been sharing a bit, but he's, he's doing it all himself. And yeah, that really amazes me all the time because I just think, well, how, how did you, how did you learn how to do this? This is really extraordinary. But, and as I said, whether he finishes the course or not, I don't know. And I, I have no expectations and no preferences either way. And I've really enjoyed watching him have this amazing opportunity. And I really value all the other things that he's learned during this process, as well as the uni learning. And so I really value him moving to live in a city because we live in the countryside in the forest in, in, in the middle of nowhere. And so he's moved to live in the city and he's learned how to navigate his way around on the public transport. And I really value that learning. And he's learned how to live in an institution because he's been living in like halls of residence for the uni. So I really value everything he's learned in that process and yeah, and just managing his time in a different way. And so, yeah, I just have seen so much value for him in this, this process. And where it leads, I totally trust that it will lead wherever he needs it to go and wherever he wants it to go. So it's been quite beautiful. Mm. And what I love about that is imagining how he experiences that as I just hear that deep trust in him, both in for him to follow what he wants to do, that he will be able to do it, that he can ask for support if he needs it. And at any point, if he decides that there isn't a fit for him, that he's totally free to, to stop doing it and you'll be, and you'll be completely supported and loved in that and I think you know for so many of us who are adults now really didn't experience that that we often experience you know that we had to do certain things or our parents really you know very strong preferences about what we did in terms of you know our life direction or calling and you know what amazing support and and freedom and deep self-listening for him to have had that kind of support from you so I just so appreciate you <laughs> I think oh, it's so you. yummy <laughs> thank you Marion and I'm just so grateful for aware parenting and all this because you know anytime feelings come up we can listen to feelings whether that's mine or his <laughs> and, yeah and and that we have this and really deep and closely connected relationship and lots of laughter and just yeah it's just been such an extraordinary part of the process I'm so so grateful if I didn't have aware parenting there's no way I would have been able to do natural learning no way so yeah, yeah I'm so grateful for Elisa's work and for your amazing support and guidance and wisdom along the way yeah yay yes they go so beautifully together I never thought about that either but yeah then no way because then it'd be a constant punishment fest wouldn't it yeah <laughs> or like or in my case it would be, be a constant permissiveness fest of, yep. of, like, of resentment and frustration and <laughs> yeah yeah yum and hasn't it been lovely? I mean, I look back and particularly that first kind of decade, just so many yummy times, just so much time, really grateful now that, that my lovelies are 20 and 16 and just to have actually had so many days upon days and upon days of going to the beach and hanging out and mm. just being together and really just savouring that time together. It's the most exquisite gift, isn't it, to get to to be with our children. And particularly if we have aware parenting to support them in actually, you know, feeling generally calm and relaxed and just, you know, so yummy. So good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm so, it's just been so beautiful to spend so much time together. I really, 
especially now at the end I can look back and I mean for you as well and my son's moved out of home now and I just look back and I think I am so glad I make the choices that I made I'm so glad that we got to spend so much time together and that we now have this beautiful relationship where he's free to go off and explore and to know that we're always here this his if he needs us and that this is always his space to come back to too anytime but yeah, just all those beautiful moments together of relaxation and fun and freedom and going to the beach and going camping and hanging out in the park with our friends and just so much freedom and loveliness. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would probably be a lovely point to end unless there's something that you really wanted to share that we hadn't already, Joss. Yum. No, I think that's, that's we've said enough probably for now. <laughs> However, if you would like more of us talking about this stuff, we are very excited to announce that we have actually started our own podcast, the Aware Parenting and Natural Learning podcast, which will be lots and lots and lots and lots of us talking about every single different part of what we've talked about today in much more detail and lots of other things as well. So if you would like to, to come and follow us, we'd be delighted to, to go on that journey with you. And Joss, you've got some amazing things as well. Do you want to share about you know, what, well, actually where people can find you initially and what you've got on offer at the moment so that people can come and find more about your amazing work? And, you know, I so deeply appreciate you and value your wisdom and experience and, and compassion. So I'm so excited for you to share a bit more about what you do. Thank you so much, Marion. That means a lot to me. Thank you. So I have a website, awareparenting.com.au, and I've got articles and lots of free information on there about all kinds of aspects, because I'm really passionate about supporting families with aware parenting, as well as supporting families with aware parenting and natural learning. So there's lots and lots of information on there. In relation specifically to aware parenting, we have our aware parenting and natural learning community that Marin and I run together, which is beautiful. And we'll be opening the doors again for, for that for the next year at some stage soonish, I imagine. But that's a beautiful place. And I now have all my articles about aware parenting and, and natural learning, specifically the relationship between the two of them all in one place on my website. So if you go and look at my articles, you'll see that. I also so yeah I do I have one-to-one -one sessions and all that information is on my website in the work with me section and at the moment I'm offering this beautiful new community with Danny Willow who is just the most incredible aware parenting instructor she her level of authentic real beautiful embodiment of this aware parenting is just so extraordinary and so we've set up this beautiful community where we're going to be working for a year with people, exploring different parts of aware parenting each month and yeah, helping people to understand the theory and then looking at how to put it into practice with their families and to support their own parallel journey of aware reparenting themselves at the same time in that process. And so, yeah, if you want to know anything more about that, that's on my website too, under the under community. And yeah, I also have my own other podcast, which is called Aware Parenting Stories, where I'm just talking to aware parenting instructors to share their stories, because I love everybody's unique flavor about aware parenting and, and what they share and what they love most and what they value most about it. So that's also on the usual podcast places. So thank yum, you. yum, 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 yum. So I, if you're listening, I so highly recommend oh. going, oh, oh, 
forgot. I forgot. Sorry. Yeah. I also forgot that my Your new course. Your new just, teenager. I was wondering yes. if you, I was like, do you want to mention that or not? Yeah. You have I a new teenager's course coming up as well. <laughs> yes, I am very close to being able to open the doors for my Aware Parenting Teenagers course. And I'm so excited about this because I love Aware Parenting so much. And I think it is so helpful. It saved, saved my life and saved my relationships with my children for the teenage years. And so that's going to be available soon. And that just goes into, again, all the theory, how it applies specifically to the teenage years and then explores how to practice this in your families with your teenagers so that will be available soon and i'm really really excited about it yum 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 (laughs) so magical love that you're doing that love what you're doing with danny as well so it's so yummy so celebrating you Yes, so if you'd like to come along to listen to us more, come and come and listen to our podcast. I do want to mention as well, I have a workshop coming up this Saturday. It's all about loving limits. Loving limits is a core part of aware parenting. So it's a, a workshop in two parts that will be also recorded. And that's for anyone who really wants to learn more about loving limits, what they are, how to practice them, how to really deeply embody them. And it's available as a recording as well. And if you are in aware parenting, if you're in aware parenting, that's a land now. Did you know that? The aware parenting land. <laughs> I <you're> wish. In, <laughs> it will be. If I you're want to in, go there. Australia or New Zealand <laughs> it reminds me of the magic faraway tree and all the lands at the top of the tree it's the aware parenting land uh, if you're in Australia or New Zealand and you want to get your six hour workshop towards your certification requirements as well that also counts towards that so you can find out more actually not on my website but on all my social media if you would like to find out more about that lovely I love <laughs> what you've been sharing about loving limits recently I think it's just been so amazing and I've learned I've really learned a lot through it as well and I think all the different layers of that it's so so powerful and and what an amazing amazing strategy and tool of aware parenting that is and of course you invented that term so it's even more appropriate that you should be (laughs) doing these courses how beautiful I would highly recommend that to anyone thank you lovely Joss and isn't that wonderful about aware parenting like that's what I find about it despite practicing it for 20 years I'm constantly constantly learning more and more about it like Mm. Alita's new book which again I so really highly recommend healing your traumatized child it's relevant for every child because every child experiences mini traumas if not bigger traumas and as you know her work develops that whole of aware parenting is developing and evolving and it's an ongoing Mm. living breathing process really so that's what I love about that and particularly the because we both love learning, don't we? It's like, oh my gosh, I can dive into any single element of aware parenting and learn more and understand more. And to me, that's just the most exciting thing and so relevant to what we're talking about today, that ongoing passion for learning. So wherever you are in your aware parenting journey, we're so glad that you're here and we so welcome you and just thank you so much for listening today. And so much love to you. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.